yeah. or or is the thing to say, boy, you know, you sort of look at the look at the market, look at the world, you know, sort of look at athletic, like you you'd, you'd find it hard to say they're going to fly up the table based on mm-hmm. sort of what what we know. Mm-hmm. Valencia, boy, you'd find it hard that they're going to be able to get their finances in order like very immediately. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel the same sort of pressure from behind. You know what what happens with La Real? Where does Odegaard go, etc.? They've got a bunch of mm-hmm. sort of younger players. Surely there's going to be some bids to come in for a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, if you're sort of in the fifth range, do you say, man, we should really you know throw down some money and go for it next year, and feel mm-hmm. like we can be more regularly a Champions League competitive team? You know, again, look at the managers of the teams in the top four, and I think you'd have to say they're sort of, you know, a cut a cut above what we have. Yeah. yeah. Um, whether it's just based on name or, or any of those other things. Um, but, yeah. you know, I think you say the squad we have with a name manager, and you'd feel like you could be making a good case for us to be in the top four. Yeah, I think it. I think it really does. I mean, we've talked about this before in the podcast about the whole question of what, how Villarreal sees itself, how you know what sort of ambitions does the team have. Yeah, I mean, these are all questions that that the board has got to wrestle with here because if if you, I, I mean, I feel really badly for Calleja that the whole thing has come out and the whole, you know, that it, I mean, his press conference today it was kind of. Um, horrible to have to watch him sort of be, I mean, he was very diplomatic and very, very, you know, very good about what he said, but, you know, it has to hurt, you know. You're, of you're, course, of course. I mean, again, so, and, and I think he feels even more that, look, you tried to replace me last year, you went even worse, and I sort of came back, swallowed my pride, mm-hmm. saved you, and uh, now when I do this, this is how you treat me. So. Yeah, the problem is, though, I think, the, and I think, you know, we're sort of, either way, you can look at it as we're a prisoner of our of our history, our, our recent history, and figure out which, which way do you want to go. On the one hand, you mentioned the 2010, 2011, 2012 period, where we spent big to get to Champions League, um, and then the whole thing fell apart. You know, we... we but we basically busted our budget and got nothing out of it. Um, on the other hand, it's certainly been true that when we've had coaches that we've sort of, okay, we're going to, you know, whether it was, I mean, basically anybody since Marcelino went Escriba, but, but Garrido before that, where we rewarded their one good, your good season with a, with a new contract, then they never finished it. I mean, we, you know, so it's like if you, if you reward Calleja's fifth place with saying, okay, you're going to continue, you've got no, nothing in your in your history to say, okay, that's great. We think we're going to get fourth next year or challenge for fourth. You don't know. Great, great point. I do I do recall a very similar discussion that was had about Garrido. So I think, I think that that's got to be a big factor. So yeah, yeah. Gonna, Gonna put the tough question to you first. Weighing everything, what who's who is the manager of Villarreal 
in 10 days' time. Because like you say, I think it's all resolved by then. Yeah. Oh, boy. I, you know, I really, I'm going to say what I think will happen, and I'm really undecided on whether I think it's the right decision. I have a hard time believing Virial pulls the plug on Keha. I really do. Just given every everything how we've operated since I've been following the team, pretty much, it, I I think we're going to have a hard time um, going for Emory. Partly because we just that will demand so much change in what we do. I think because I, I, I think Emory is. You and I are, have talked for years about how much we like him as a coach and how much we love him at Villarreal, but he's another Marcelino in that he's high maintenance, and while I think he's got more knowledge of the world game than Marcelino does, he's going to be high demanding in terms of what he wants and who he wants and all that stuff. I just don't see us fulfilling it, so I say we stay with Barry. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think the only thing I've always felt with Emery that was a little bit different is he had proven it at a club of a similar stature before he came here. And that yeah. was the thing with Marcelino. The only data point we really had was with Sevilla. And if you recall, we're the ones who got it fired at Sevilla. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so right. so that that was always yeah. the, the one thing that stuck yeah, in the I think it really comes down to how much the board you know, how much the board values Emory and how much they want. I mean, if the board is basically saying this is the guy we've always wanted as coach, you know, which then you got to go because this is your one chance. I just don't feel like we're going to do that. I could be wrong. I've been wrong many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and I think what you say is the part that's probably the most painful, is it does feel a little antithetical to Villarreal to sort of have your homegrown guy, and then particularly when he succeeds to uh, kick him aside, it seems like a colder sort of, you know, Real Madrid finish runners-up under Pellegrini with their, you know, second highest point total ever, and then he gets canned. Um, well, I'm going to go with, it'll be Emory. And the, the only data points I have for that are two. One that if the discussions were going on in March, I think that meant they knew they had the guy because otherwise I think you could have made the decision. We're going to get rid of Kaeha, whether it was, you know, if we had lost against Celta and, you know, brought in caretaker, promoted Alvarez, whoever he is, for those last few games. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we were particularly hopeful <laughs> that we were going to finish in the top six based on how our form was looking. So, you know, that wasn't a, like, we have to finish in Europe this year. I think that would have just been try and stabilize the ship for 10 games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one other data point I'd use for that is... I thought it was interesting that the youth team coaches were announced on the timing that they were. So it was just announced sort of that Alvarez will remain in the head of the B team, mm-hmm. etc. And mm-hmm. I would have felt like if they were thinking of trying to sort of 
well, we're not really sure. Because to, to me, the decision's already made. Um, okay. if, if, if they're going for Emory, this is sort of like, yeah. we, we don't, we don't want to announce it yet, but we had to have made up our mind. Yeah. And I feel like if it was to sort of, uh, we're still not sure, maybe we're still considering Kaeha, I feel like maybe they wouldn't have announced below because they might have tried to see, is there some way if we gave him his old job back that he might stay? Mm, yeah. And see, yeah. and see maybe, you know, Alvarez could be made an assistant with the new manager or, you know, whatever it is. Great guy, Alvarez. Thank you. But, you know, Kaeha, mm. we, we really want to keep him in the system. Mm. Um, so that's what I'm leaning towards. But I do agree with you that it would be... <laughs> It would be it would be a tough pill um, for yeah. for him, um, but like you said, this this opportunity hasn't come up before. We've been looking at Emery. Um, you know, I think we looked at him right after PSG fired him, and I think at that point it was kind of there's no way in heck we're gonna be able to afford him <laughs> based on based on that. But now, sort of a little bit of time has passed. Maybe the demands are a little bit more reasonable. Yeah. Um, and and I think the end of the season maybe is telling the board like you're closer than you think, or you're closer than you thought pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is closer to the team that you actually have, mm-hmm. um, and you know then you would have been right in the thick of it if you had played like this for more of the year. Yeah, I mean, we, we probably should talk about Santi and Bruno, um, uh, but I think the, the that's the other question that I have, though, is that, the, you know, you have to look at the whole how we played pre-COVID and post-COVID, and, and in your mind, you've got to make up, first of all, which of those teams were we, and secondly, how would Calleja do during a more regular season? I mean, I think those are all questions to think about too because we certainly benefited from the from the fact that we had a deeper roster than some of these other teams were playing mm-hmm. um, and in fact if you look at the results I mean apart from the Real Sociedad one which I think was kind of unfortunate we basically um, you can certainly say that we won the matches against teams with less deep rosters um, I had done a very good job of reading the games in most of those cases, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, Except against Barcelona, yeah. I think. Yeah, well, that yeah. one, yeah. I think, yeah, that's right. And I think the... Um, so and I think, again, that was maybe one of those, that <laughs> there were expectations, and, you know, maybe if he rises to that moment, and we did sort of look like we got the tactics right, you'd maybe think about it differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, against Sevilla, we sort of just hung on to that point. Right. Um, you know, so in our nearer peer group, we did beat Hitafe again on two penalties. Um, so a little bit hard to tactically draw up, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so sort of within the peer group, you know, we did, I think maybe against Madrid, the tactics were a little bit better. But again, I, I think they were sort of playing at 75% as well. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to know. I just think that I, it's a tough one. And I think regardless of what happens, I think if we end up getting Emery, we're going to have the 
one side of one series of regrets and concerns. And if we end up hiring Calleja or keeping Calleja for another year, we're going to have a different series of concerns. <laughs> so mm-hmm. either way. And very different looking off seasons, I think, between between so, the two possibilities. Yeah. So, so you want to talk quickly about our two yep. departures? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> We perhaps perhaps they deserve more than more than the short mention. Yeah, they certainly do. will have have time and and you know with the larger group for everybody to share share memories. But I I suppose the 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 news that I think is more confirmed is Bruno is retiring. Yes, um, and I'd say less of a shock. I think I would have put that as more likely than not, even based on his return. You know, I think one reason for that is it doesn't appear that he's sort of fit for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And to sort of go through this whole thing again for the grind and <laughs> to figure out if the, the body is able to do it, you know, now it'll be sort of more than three full seasons uh, since yeah. he'll have played 90 minutes. Um, and, and, you know, one one man club, I think, is what we had all hoped for. So right, right. I think the the most unfortunate part of the Bruno piece is that there won't be the sort of um, homenaje that that the, the fans would have hoped for. Um, I, I have seen, and I don't know how widely this is getting circulated, but I have seen a proposal on on Twitter that the um, the B team ground and many Estadi be renamed in his honor. And I think that would be, you know, something like that would be great. You know, mm-hmm. he's, you know, one team player, you know, local boy, um, just, you know, he's given, he's given so much through the years to the team. And, um, and he's a player who could have gone a, a number of times if he had wanted to, could have moved elsewhere um, for more money and, and mm-hmm. particularly when we went down. Yeah. And he stayed with us and helped us get back. And I think those sorts of things are, are really rare anymore. Um, so, you know, those, uh, and, and, and stories. did it on the basis of hard work. <laughs> you know, he wasn't, he wasn't the guy whose talent was just going to shine through and that would have been sufficient. Right. Right. He was, he was a guy who got where he was by working hard and, and everything. I will miss, I will forever miss his leisurely turns on the ball. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I will, and I will miss the, the, uh, what Sid Lowe called his telescoping legs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and just, I, it was really unfortunate. I think it would have been poetic had had uh, Courtois not saved his shot. Um, yes, and, yes. I had had that thought in my mind that he might just snatch a goal here. So yeah. well, still yeah. one game left. So yeah, let, that's let's right. Say. So right. I, yeah. I mean, I I think full. Uh, you know, I I can't imagine, and I don't. You know, the the effort to come back, and I can't think it's been very easy and. I'm sure it's very painful and at, at his age. We, we talk about Santi and, and Bruno and like they're a year difference and it's really more like half a year. I mean, they're, they're kind of similar in age. Um, and for Santi, we don't know for sure. He has not confirmed as far as I know what he's doing yet. 
Mm-hmm. Of course, if you if you're an Arsenal fan, apparently you have an opinion that he has to come back because his career isn't complete until he goes there. Uh, oh. well, yeah, I, I I sure hope he's not ditching us for a team that may not make Europe next year. <laughs> I would think more likely than not the Al-Sad uh, rumors are true. Though, boy, Alan, can you imagine if he came to MLS? That would just be oh, that phenomenal. Would be, that would be so cool. Yeah. So, I was so. going to say I would fly miles to see him, of course. Yes. Yes, ground. indeed. So, so oh, Sandy, if, oh. if you are checking out our podcast for any odd reason, uh you know, even after Al Saad, if you want to come play a year, I'm quite sure that after two years in Qatar, you would still uh, be able to hold your own in this league. We will, we will make sure the traveling VRAL USA uh, fan club is following you around for MLS. So, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's great for him, though. I got to say, to to at least go out at sort of the top of your powers. Yeah, um, I think know, so. there's think. not there's not going to, you know, and and I I have opinions about Joaquin and his personality and otherwise. But, you know, there was sort of a point I felt like a year or two ago where it was kind of he was in the same place and you almost sort of wished in a way that, you know, he had gone out from Betty's um, sort of leaving that memory that he was still able to sort of dominate yeah. uh, a game. Um, yeah. And I think that that's just a an enduring memory that you know people <laughs> online are polling about. You know, he's been the midfielder involved in the most goals in La Liga in the past two seasons. So, mm-hmm. like, why why the heck is he leaving? And from a selfish perspective, I understand that. Um, but by the same token, you don't want it to be. You know, he's injured half the year and. Right. contributes three goals next season and that's when he leaves sort of when he realizes right. his time is right right and i think what i've heard um is that yeah he's going through to get ready for every game admittedly every three or four days um yeah i think he i think it's a big it, it's he's not the 20 year old kid with the smile on his face who can just put on his boots and jump out in the park right i mean it's it's a lot of work and a lot of pain and i think you know if he goes to qatar i mean it's sort of sort of a gracious well-paid semi-retirement i don't think anybody can grudge him that i think there were people who were hoping he would um you know go and do a farewell tour at ovedo and i I have to confess that would be kind of nice he, he dropped a couple of hints about getting into coaching and everything, so we'll see what happens. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, and you don't know, given where the board is at Barcelona, if the next president comes in and says, I have to make Xavi the next coach, mm-hmm. does that leave him an ability to be a player coach at Al Sadd? And, you know, is he being groomed for that in some manner? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I think that's not you know too crazy to think that Xavi's saying, "Hey, I'm going to take this Barcelona job whenever it, it becomes available next." Yeah. And here's a perfect segue for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just think that the um, I, I think it's going to you know for Santi, I guess I, we're going to watch that clip of the Gerard goal against Valencia over and over and over again. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I mean, there are so many, there are so many memories of Santi and his ability to just, you know, make the casual pass. I, I can't even remember who we were playing. It was early in the 2010-2011 season when we had, remember we had that, we lost to Montreal and then we had that run of like eight wins in a row or something. Yeah, I think nine out of ten to start that season. Yeah, and and we, there was some match, and I remember because it was early in the season. I was watching on my on our outdoor porch in Massachusetts, and you know the ball comes to him. He kind of picks it up. He's in the he's in the our defensive third, and he just launches this beautiful cross field pass to somebody who goes on and scores, and it's just like. Nothing to it. <laughs> I mean, that was like those. Those are the sorts of memories I have of Santi. It's just this sort of thing of, it's just the easiest thing in the world. You know, you you pick out a guy fifty yards and from here, and you want to hit him with it, it's it, it's with a perfect pass. It's just the easiest thing. Uh-huh. It, it, it's it's like I guess an NFL quarterback kind of realizing when the ball is snapped where a player is going to be fifty yards down the field. I it's, it's just an amazing talent. And still mm-hmm. actually do it. I mean, but but yeah, I think he's going to be always the that you're going to remember those sorts of that sort of magic. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be in Foxborough and see him score two goals for the Spanish national team um, in an exhibition, and you know couldn't have, couldn't have been prouder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, some great some great ones there, and. We'll certainly have lots of time to reminisce. The one I can think of from his current spell that really showed it to me, and this is a similar memory to Bruno. I think Santi blessed probably with more natural talent than Bruno. But I can recall Santi missing the penalty uh, against Betis. Oh, yes. And just being devastated by it. And that was just the you know, sort of moment that, that we all said, man, you know, he came back after all of this, but still sort of the connection is still there. Uh, And I think that sort of raw moment was really one of those, you know, this guy isn't, wasn't in it for the fame. It's not that, you know, he was this big, big shot national team player who went to Arsenal and no, I mean, he's, he's in it there because, he feels like he let down the team, just like you know any eight-year-old would feel uh, <laughs> if they if they missed a goal. Uh, so, right. Right. so you know, I think I think two just seemingly extremely down-to-earth human people um, who who worked for everything that they got, and then some. Um, right. I think yeah. from a sort of personal standpoint, I started following VRL, you know, particularly. Um, Back still in the days when we didn't get things on on TV as regular in the U.S. Uh, when I was in Spain in 2005, mm-hmm. and I think a little part of me with this news, you know, these guys are the last links to that era, um, right? And and so you know, again, talking about this changing of the guard with the potential change in manager, it it, it feels like the end of an era, um, you know. And and even you know Roy Gianesa and Cordon have also stepped away since then. So even really in management and certainly coaching side, these guys were the last links to probably the Riquelme Pellegrini days. Um, right. So you know quite a quite a run of of fifteen years 
um, mm-hmm. that that they've given us, you know, semifinals of European competitions, a runner-up place in the league, uh, all, all of these things that, frankly, I don't think anybody could have imagined that uh, a small little sleepy uh, ceramics town could have uh, put itself on the map like that. Right, but yeah, but you're right. It really does feel. I mean, Senior Senior I guess, has stepped down. Um, of course, Cordon left a couple of years ago, um, several years ago now. And um, yeah. yeah, he's left a couple other places since then. Too. Since then yeah. <laughs> yep. and, and definitely, it it does feel a bit like that. It's it's um, on it, it's yeah. I think ha- seeing Santi leave again. I mean. I'm like you. I've always felt like um, it's really painful to watch a player on the downside of their of their um, abilities continue to try to play. So I give him full credit for for leaving. You know, now while you know while he's still doing so well, but it but it's painful. Um, I can't I can't imagine not having him there and the same even though bruno was away for several years they're both so etched into your mind as part of the oriel and you know we don't really have anybody like that now i guess you know it's it's going to be it's going to be different which goes back to what you were saying before that if you want to bring in a new coach now is the time because you don't have that person so we'll see Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so lots of Lots of emotions. Again, I think the sad thing of all of it is just that the fans can't be there. And gosh, I think there would have been some hope that, you know, there was some discussion maybe by the end of the season they'd be able to do that. Not the case. I I hope, you know, I can imagine fans wanting to be outside the gates or otherwise, but hopefully the social distancing and things are are observed and I would like to think if it's two guys who are that special, you know, they're going to make it, make an opportunity that this can really be something that's celebrated. I, uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's safe that's one so. thing that we probably, and maybe we should close with this, one thing that, that I think we sort of forget in all this is there were so many questions when the league started up again about how it would work, would it work. You know, I've seen articles talking about the, extreme protocols that and that they take to you know to get these guys traveling all over the place and deal with it and it's you know we are ending the season and we've actually gotten to the end of the season and i think that's pretty amazing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think i think you do have to give credit to the league again you know seeing in the u.s i think we had talked about on a prior podcast you know maybe doing these kinds of hub cities where you played all the games at one place. You know, I think, again, just Spain geographically makes it uh, a lot easier to do it the way that it was done. Um, now, of course, you had all of these weird uh, situations of games starting one day and ending the next and playing them in this oppressive heat um, at, at various times of day. Uh, but... You know, again, with the additional substitutions and the cooling breaks and things, um, you know, it accommodated for that. Yeah. Now, of course, I think Zach mentioned on a prior podcast that you do enter the, well, 
all these things made us get to the end of the season, how many of them become permanent? So yep. that's going to be a very interesting question also on the mm-hmm. UEFA yes. and FIFA side uh, right. to see what the rules are next year. That's um, right. That's right. But, yep. And then uh, there's, there's certainly going to be more. So I'm sure we'll be back soon and you can perhaps give your opinion of the claret and blue uh, third jerseys. Oh yeah, uh, we didn't even get to our kits. That's okay. We'll, we'll do that another time. <laughs> we'll do it on the next one. But, um, so, lot, lots of news. This game sort of getting in the way of <laughs> some, some of the other things actually coming to fruition. Um, but when we do find out some resolution on the managerial issue, uh, we'll, we'll be back and do a, do a season review and maybe Alan, you can go hunt down uh, how wrong everybody was on the predictions. Oh yes, it's, there's no. Well, I I know I said we were going to finish ninth or tenth, so you know I'm I'm not one to talk. <laughs> so, for Alan, this is Sid and Devon Theoria. and Devon Theoria.